great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? We are back uh, for the final of three straight days of Buffalo Bills training camp practice here at St. John Fisher University. He's Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. This is the Buffalo Bills Shout Podcast. The Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast, I should say. Excuse me. We got a lot to get to, and this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, 25 to 30 minutes. We got a lot to get to, and we are not going to waste a lot of time. We've already been chatting with all of the Buffalo Bills Shout Insiders. Uh, you can text 716 528 6727. Uh, get yourself locked into there throughout training camp. Two week free trial. We've already been talking about the practice from this morning with all of uh, the insiders, Ryan. Yeah, we've had observations. We had the news and notes from the uh, press conference this morning with special teams coordinator Smiley. You name it, they're getting the news first. We're sending it to them immediately. Uh, Bill's Mafia, we're going to get to a lot of your questions in the show here today. And then I'm driving to my brother's wedding after the show, Matt. On my drive, I will be answering a lot of those subtexts as well. I love it. Um, let's not waste any time, Ryan. Let's get right into sure. the meat of this thing. And I think, listen, cornerback two, you can argue that that's the top competition, but I just I feel like middle linebacker is one that, you know, there's a lot more unknown. You know, yes. Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford, we saw both of those guys last year. Dane Jackson's been a starter for this team in the past. Whoever wins the middle linebacker job is going to be a brand new player in this defense. And, you know, the first day of camp, we saw Tyrell Dotson run the, the mic spot. Yesterday it was Terrell Bernard. Today was the Bale Inspector show. And it's what's funny, we said on the show yesterday that we thought it was kind of going to get narrowed down maybe to those other two guys. Bale Inspector inserted his name definitively in that conversation today. And, you know, there was one play that we were watching out there where um, Josh Allen goes back to pass. Bale Inspector's in at middle linebacker. He sees Dalton Kincaid. Wants to try to fit it in there. And Spectre stayed calm, you know, dipped back into his spot. And I don't think Josh Allen saw it. He almost got picked off, but Spectre was probably pretty pissed off that he didn't make the catch. He, he was very frustrated after that specific play. Kind of slammed his hands on the turf like I should have been able to have that. Uh, but he read it perfectly. I mean, that's what you want. You want someone that has the athleticism, the intangibles, and everything else, which he has. But then to be able to read the plays on the field, diagnose on the fly, and that's exactly what happened on that play and that throw attempt to Dalton Kincaid. So Balen Specter, you know, not only is he in the the race, he held up pretty well today in his opportunity with the one. So it seems like this is going to be a rotation that we're going to see for a little while longer. And as long as Specter continues to make plays when given opportunities, he could find himself firmly in that mix at the end of the summer. Do you remember when they drafted him and we were kind of combing through all of the scouting reports and the thing that kept coming up was like, you know, the cliche, he plays like his hair's on yes. fire. And like, I think you could say that for so many different players, but he's one of those guys that like, when you watch him even practicing, he's always at like 100 miles per hour. Like there's no downshifting out there on the field. And I think in a way, that's what a lot of guys in the huddle like about him. We talked to Jordan Poyer after practice today, and the thing that he was asked specifically about Spectre, and he said, what I like most about him is that he plays fast, right? That's what Tremaine Edmonds was always talking about, you know, doing better. is like, 
you know, not thinking as much. And maybe that's even something that Kyrie Elam's going through, trying to right. get to a point where he can react more than think about everything. Spectre kind of has that covered. But something else that Poyer said about him stood out to me. He said his control in the huddle and the way that how comfortable he's been kind of telling everybody where they need to be. You saw him out there barking yeah. out some uh, some uh, orders, barking out some uh, different position alignments. That is huge for a second-year day three pick. Huge, because we've also heard from Sean McDermott, who said he wants that green dot, the communication, to stay on that linebacker spot. And if you can trust Balen Specter uh, to line players up correctly, get the plays in, then that also helps his case significantly. You know, in this three-person race, Dodson's been there the longest, but now you have two year two guys. And in the case of what we saw today, Specter passed that test with flying colors as well. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they do with if Spectre were to somehow win that job. What would that do to shake up the linebacking situation? Because mm-hmm. you know you have Dotson, who's a special teams ace. I mean, he's one of the guys they really rely upon. Yes. They like Klein as a special teamer. They like Tyra, uh, Tyler Medikevich, who's fighting back from that calf injury. And actually, little note on that, there was an update uh, from uh, Matthew Matt Smiley. Smiley today. Yeah, he, he said Tyler Medikevich will be back sooner rather than later, working through some things with that calf. Uh, but made it sound like Medikevich was going to be on the field pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll have a decision to make because I think if Balon Specter somehow makes becomes this team starting middle linebacker, he factors in, I think, a little bit more right now from a special teams perspective. They might want to take that off of his plate if he is g- going to be responsible for, you know, running the defense in a lot of ways, if, especially if they put that green dot on his helmet. When you look at Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds over the years practicing, they don't ever participate in the special team stuff. They're right. off working with the linebackers coach. That could shake things up and maybe make things interesting in terms of, all right, how many of those other linebackers do you need? Uh, Dorian Williams now running primarily at, at uh, outside linebacker, mm-hmm. so he's probably going to fit in to that backup role to Matt Milano. gets interesting when you start like kind of picking through this, and what could it mean for Bernard? What could it mean for Dotson? Yeah, it, it gets very interesting in that regard if Spectre wins the job. And then you also have to consider, too, is there going to be as much emphasis on your special teams unit this year? Yes, the punt and kick uh, team coverage are generally the same, but with kickoffs and the fact that you can call a fair catch inside the 25 and it counts as a touchback, I think that's going to greatly affect maybe the way you think in terms of, well, do we need to keep this this much of an emphasis on special teams going into this season, knowing full well most teams are going to take that starting uh, field position uh, because there maybe the return units haven't been good in, in past years. You know, I, I think right now, and, and time will tell, I think the new rule is a detriment to the Bills because what was something Tyler Bass did extremely well? Kick those the kickoffs right to the one or two yard right. line where you had to make them return the ball. And the coverage team was great. Now, now that's not really even in play. So right. it, it's interesting, but you're, you're right. If Spectre wins this job, it just adds another wrinkle to who do we keep and who do you get rid of? So I guess we can go to the play of the day, which got everybody uh, amped up in the crowd that was there uh, in attendance watching today's practice. It was late in practice, and I felt like for the most part, the Bills were working on the short passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some runs kind of worked in there as well today. You could feel they're starting to kind of ramp up and get ready for the pads to come on because we also are going to get into some one-on-one matchups that were really fun to watch. Yes. Uh, on both. And it was good that you were here today because usually when they do – um, O-line, D-line, linebacker, tight end, and wide receiver, DB. How do I have my eyes in all three places? So yeah. we kind of, you know, split it, split up. Uh, we were able to kind of do everything. We'll get to that in a minute. But I thought the play of the day was Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs take us through the play. 
Oh, so first of all, you just mentioned it. it looked like they were going to be emphasized, they were emphasizing the short passing game. The way that they were lined up, the way that the defense was lined up, it looked like they were going to bring pressure. So uh, I think a lot of people were anticipating Allen taking the short option, and I believe it was to Deontay Hardy who was on the route uh, in, in terms of who would be that option on the play. But instead, he keeps the play alive long enough, throws it downfield to a stride. And good protection. Good protection. Very yeah. good protection. We've had some questions. You're right in the subtext about the right side of the line, the line in general. Really good protection on that play. And, I mean, he hits digs in stride for a touchdown. Uh, like you said, play of the day. It was like – it was one of those moon balls where you're just like – you're kind of watching it kind of arc, and you're like, okay, something special is about to happen right off the jump as soon as the ball goes out of his hands. And then you look, and I couldn't tell if it was Dane Jackson that was covering digs or maybe Tredavious White. Whoever was in coverage on him passed him off, and it was, you know, Cam Lewis and Balin Specter in just – a dead zone. There's yeah. nothing you're going to do with Stefan Diggs at that at that part. He's he's gearing up. They're kind of trying to chase from behind, and he's got nothing but open space. And it, it reminded me a lot of that play against Jalen Ramsey in the yes. Rams game last year because he kind of had to – he kind Wait. of like built some, <laughs> and then he kind of like took a little bit of steam off, and then he got going again and made the catch. He just made it look easy, toyed with him. Stefan Diggs, still really elite football player. Really elite football player. Josh Allen, still, still a really elite quarterback. Uh, the connection chemistry between these two guys is off the charts, man. Question on YouTube here from uh, our producer, Peter. Thank you, uh, buddy. Who has looked the best to you? Or I, maybe I should take this because I watched the first yeah. two days of the practice of between the three players. And honestly, they've all had their really good moments. And I'm not in the huddle. I think Paul, you're saying that today about Spectre really perked my ears up. Like that he's that comfortable Um I'm going to start asking more of these veterans like about Terrell Bernard and about Tyrell Dotson, but also Poyer made a point also to say when he was talking about the linebackers, like mentioning Matt Milano and then first name out of his mouth was Tyrell Dotson. So I think the way they view him, he's more of a veteran guy has been around the system, right. knows the system. He's bigger too. Like Tyrell Dotson's like, he's bigger than you think he is. Like when, when I look at him and he's in the huddle or if he's like lining up and kind of moving down, He's like he's big, like bigger than I I, I anticipate with him, and yeah, it's especially noteworthy because Tremaine Edmonds was so big. <laughs> you're you're right. Tremaine Edmonds was almost just like a a cartoon character on the field in terms of his actual size, his wingspan, everything else. But Dotson is a is a bigger linebacker. He has good size to his uh, game. Balen Specter, you know, has the athleticism. Um, Terrell Bernard has that athleticism working in his favor. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. And the one thing I keep telling people in the subtext too about these competitions, whether it's cornerback, linebacker, back end of the wide receiver, you know, it, it's really going to heat up once the pads come on. Mm -hmm. That's when some of these big plays, big catches, they're great. Don't get me wrong, but it's a different element when everyone's padded up. Uh, it feels like it feels more like an actual game situation. So I would also say just kind of wait and see, because in these next few days when the pads come on, that's when I think we'll start to see maybe some competitions clear up a little bit. Um, if you have your computer open, uh, type in joinsubtext.com backwards slash shout Buffalo Bills. That'll take you to our landing page. You, you put your phone number in and bang, you're signed up uh, for to become a Buffalo Bills shout insider. Uh, we're so excited about this text program. You could also, if you just got your phone handy, text 716-528-6727. That'll get you locked in. We're cruising. We're almost to 200 scrubbers. The subtext is absolutely Booming. All of the insiders are enjoying the uh, immediacy of the coverage from yes. training camp. And we're, we're getting ob observation. I would spend 
a lot of times cultivating these uh, columns after practice, I'm almost doing them during practice now in the text. It's been, it's been really cool. And it's just going to build on that. Once camp is over, this thing is going to really be exciting for all these Bills fans. Yeah. And you said it, they, they're loving it. You know, you, you send these updates, you, then you check back and it's like, Hey, I love this. They might have a follow-up and then we get to them here. We write back to them on there. It's a great back and forth. We're blown away by the support where this is only uh, nine days old. And, and like you said, approaching 200 subscribers. So thank you, Bills Mafia. We've gotten a lot of questions about Puna Four, the newest yes. uh, member of the Bills defensive line uh, at defensive tackle. Shouldn't say the newest because I guess Leonard Floyd would be that. But Puna Four has been really good. Mm-hmm. And I haven't noticed him a ton the first couple of days. But every time I flash on him for a play, I'm like, okay, he's doing exactly what you brought him to do. But today it felt a little bit different. Today I started like, you know, because we got so many questions about it, started watching for him more. And man, he was just flashing over and over again. He had one sack. It was, uh, um, let me just bring that up here. I think, I believe it was a first team sack. Um, no, it was a second team sack. Tim and Tim settle. They got a little something going there. I've noticed them both in pressure both times. Kyle Allen back there. He's kind of holding onto the ball a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And against this defensive line, I don't care if it's a first team or second team, it's going to get you in a lot of trouble. And Ford just pushed back the line. Uh, I think there's a real drop off to that second that uh, second team offensive line uh, on the interior at the center spot, uh, and maybe even the left guard a little bit uh, here and there. But it was Puna Ford just applying the pressure, landing at the quarterback. They blew it, uh, blew the whistle, and there it is. Uh, Ed Oliver also had a big day. Yeah, I, I like this defensive tackle room, Ed. I feel like this is the deepest unit they've had under McDermott uh, at the position. We already know about Ed Oliver. You said he had a great day today. Daquan Jones, in terms of what he did last year, uh, when he was not on the field in that playoff game against the Bengals, boy, was it noticeable. Tim Settle had a little bit of a disappointing year one, but he he has had a strong camp to this point. Puna Ford's coming on. I think Puna Ford, when we look back at the end of the season, months from now, He's going to be one of those players in the conversation for maybe the best value contract that the Bills gave out. And part of it was that uh, he was playing out of place last year in Seattle. I mean, Pete Carroll went as far as to admit it. I think we we did a little bit of a disservice to him, how we played him that year. And that might just benefit the Bills in terms of the contract they will assign him for, the fact that uh, he's going to be in here and we know how much they love to rotate those defensive line pieces. I think Ford could have a really nice year for the Bills. Oliver was explosive to me. I would say Oliver without the pads, the first three days has been the most explosive defensive lineman um, edge or interior. And today he blew up a couple plays, had a sack uh, on one play where they, they blew it dead. Let me actually bring that up here. I wrote it down. Got a lot of notes here. And if you join the subtext, you're going to get all of them. Cause I'm going to send out another one uh, later today. I also really liked when Oliver and, um, Puna four were working next to each other too. We didn't see it a ton today, but when they were in there at the same time, I thought it was a really explosive combination, which to me, I think that's going to put defenses on tilt having to deal with Oliver and Daquan Jones. And then if Oliver could keep it ramped up, if he's healthy and then you bring in a fresh Puna Ford, that really offers a different look and almost like, man, no plays off. Like the offensive lines are going to be really tough. Oliver absolutely blew up Connor McGovern. I don't think it was the sack. Uh, it was a different play where he had the sack, but that was a play that like good on good yeah. spun around blew by him, got right up in the face of Josh Allen, who had a step on dig short. So he just dumped it off to him. 
But Ed Oliver just looks great. And he looks great at this time every year. And again, when he signed that extension this offseason, he said one of his goals was to make people look back at it and say, wow, what a deal. What a value for the Bills. And again, it's very early in training camp, but he's putting that to work. He's not resting on his laurels. He's going out there and making I love a good these... resting on your laurels That's right. reference. That's right. That's Thank you. Uh, he's making those splash plays at camp, and hopefully that's just the start of something for him this year. What wasn't a splash play at camp today was the pulled pork. Uh, to <laughs> me, that was the opposite of a splash. It was like a uh, just it just missed the puddle altogether. Okay. It was it was just not great. Um, it was dry. Put a little juice on there, a little barbecue sauce, but that didn't help. Mm. Um, didn't live up to the catfish, which I ate yesterday. So a little bit, little inside uh, football here or inside the shop podcast, right. I should say. I don't like fish. I don't like any kind of fish. I know. Judge me all you want. I've tried. And I've, I've put in the time over the years. I've tried all different kinds of fish, fish fries over the years, salmon, haddock, uh, Talbot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tilapia. I've tried it all. And I just, I don't get into it. Well, I had the catfish yesterday and I had a couple bites of the real like meaty part of it. It was like real white fish. I got to say, man, like it, it worked. Like, I don't know if it like. What are other white fishes? Because apparently salmon is not, right? No, salmon is not. Haddock is the first one that comes to mind for me um, because that's what a lot of the fish fries are made out of of if you get the broiled or if you get the beer battered. But I like fish, so I was was happy to see, though, you're expanding your horizons. I need some of the – Taste buds change every few years. What's in – what is it in – in in uh, fish that's good, the fish oil, not the yeah yeah. What is it? Omega. The omega threes. Omega threes. Like yeah, get yeah. my omega threes. I feel. Right. I don't know if it's in my head, but I feel a little bit different today. What do you think? <laughs> One day after. One day after having some catfish. Cat, it's like it's like oh like your Spider Man superpowers just you eating catfish though you feel like exactly. a different man exactly okay um let's get next to the one on ones yeah. because that's you know okay so first of all there's no pads yet so the physicality of it. Not so much. I mean, they were they were clanking helmets, mm-hmm. uh, the D, DL O-line. Uh, but let's start with that, actually. I'll, I'll go into those because I thought there's some really good one-on-ones. And the one that I really wanted to highlight was Spencer Brown, who got a rep against Greg Rousseau, which I feel like is about the toughest matchup you can get yeah. in that setting one-on-one. The speed, the size, the hand, uh, the power, but right. the, also the leverage that he can create with his long arms. Brown's pretty long himself, and it was a great rep, good on good. And Spencer Brown was just, from a technical standpoint, just looked so calm, and he executed every piece of the rep and just kept Greg Russo from doing what he wanted Mm -hmm. to do. This is a big development, and I don't want to just jump too far on like a padless one rep or a strong couple days of camp, and I think Spencer Brown's been really good. I have not written down in my notes one time, Spencer Brown just got blown by or blown, blown past. I haven't written it down once. That's big news for a guy that's now all of a sudden yeah. coming into year three with all of these reps that he just didn't have a year ago. Absolutely. And, you know, he was eased back last year. And it's not a fair comparison. But remember last year when he was out there and, like, you had Von Miller going against him. And it was just, like, men amongst boys. And It's probably good that Von's working it, its way back this It year. is. I mean, some of those moves had not just – and not just Spencer Brown. It had all of the O-linemen, you know, on their heels. But – you're right. Through these first three days, Spencer Brown's name has not come up much in terms of uh, a negative light, and that's what you're hoping to see here as this season carries on. Darrington Evans put Dorian Williams in a blender. I want to tell you right now, mm. that's one. this was one of the sickest one-on-one moves in these drills. 
that I can remember watching. Dorian Williams fell forward. He almost bit it and went face mask first <laughs> onto the ground. The move was so sick. You know, Evans, like we talked about yesterday, sprinkling in on, on the special team stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he, there's some juice there. Like, I'm not saying that it's it's still an outside uh, possibility, sure. but now maybe a priority practice squad guy. He's flashing some of the stuff that Brandon Bean has talked about. So I think that's interesting. Um, great coverage by Dean Marlowe on one play. He was going up against new tight end Jay Sternberger. Sternberger was just better on the rep. It was elite coverage from Marlowe, but Sternberger stayed. It was a, a contested catch situation. He kind of repositioned his body, uh, kind of like faked Marlowe out, and then kind of came back for the ball, made the catch as he was falling to the ground. It was a really nice play. And then um, James Cook in the open field, one-on-one with Terrell Bernard. That is not a spot you want to be in no. if you're number 43. And then the last one that I have to say, Taylor Rapp, one-on-one with Quentin Morris. Good rep by both. Taylor, Taylor Rapp, though, finishes strong gets the interception. Love it. Very good. And, you know, like Matt said, I was watching the wide receiver cornerback battles. Uh, there are some good ones. You know, if I were to pick maybe the most impressive catch, it would probably be Justin Shorter uh, going up against Dane Jackson. Diving catch, went low to get it, hauled it in. We mentioned yesterday, you know, sometimes one play sticks in your mind at like of a drop and things like that. Uh, that was not the case in this drill. He went low to get a ball. He created a little bit of separation to get away from Dane Jackson. And, you know, he was very excited after the play. He got up and he hit his helmet and he was like just fired up. And those are those little things where it's probably he was probably frustrated after maybe dropping a ball here or there in those drills yesterday. And then to have a play like that comes along and uh, can really boost your confidence. The most consistent wide receiver was Trent Sherfield. I thought mm-hmm. Sherfield uh, looked really good in those one-on-ones. Uh, I have him down here is making a one a nice one-hand grab near the sidelines. He was able to get both toes in as well. So completed the catch, got the feet in. And that was, uh, you know, just Allen throwing to the sidelines each of the wide receivers. But later in, in those one-on-ones, he, he scored what would have been a touchdown in one-on-one coverage against Jamarcus Ingram. And it was something subtle that he did, uh, running the route and waiting for the right time to put his hands up. He waited until the last possible minute to do that because Ingram wasn't looking for the ball. He was watching Trent Sherfield. So by waiting until the last possible minute to get your hands up, Ingram couldn't react to that. Mm. So Sherfield catches the ball, hauls it in, touchdown uh, in the end zone. He had a really nice day. Jalen Wayne slipped on one of his first uh, reps coming out of his break, but he actually made a nice recovery to catch the ball. So got back up and hauled that in. Uh, Khalil Shakir and Taryn Johnson were going at it. Uh, really tight coverage on a short pass. Shakir ended up hauling it in, though. And uh, I'm telling you, Johnson was draped all over him. So it was a really impressive catch in that regard, too. So those are the notes that I had there. What are our thoughts on wide receiver three battle here? Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of Deontay Hardy. We've seen mm-hmm. a lot of Khalil Shakir. Um, I don't feel like I've seen a ton of Trent Sherfield in the slot. Like, I feel like most of what we've seen from him has been on the boundary. But, um, and I think he's going to be that guy that kind of subs in for Stefan Diggs once they get into the season a lot because he could play right. like bigger body. They like him as a blocker. I think him and Davis, by the way, on the field, if you go 12 personnel with Kincaid, Knox, and then you have Davis and Sherfield on the field, all of a sudden you became you become a really good like on the you know edges run team. Right. And I think like with James Cook and his ability to he get to get the corners. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, the, the dude has some special like ability. Once he gets in the open field, they could do tons of things. So I, that's just kind of going through my head in terms of Hardy and um, Shakir, both of them made plays. So they went in their two minute offense at the end. Um, and, I, and I'm going to bring this up because I think it's perfect 
answer to this question that we saw here on YouTube. Thank you so much. So two-minute drill, Allen quick to Diggs, Allen then to Gabe Davis, Allen to Sherfield, uh, Allen incomplete to, to Reggie Gilliam. The ball went right through his hands. That was a tough play for Reggie. Um, then the play of the drive, Allen waits and waits and waits. The pressure is coming, and he puts a beautiful ball over the middle to Deontay Hardy. I got up for it. The dude can jump, man. Like This yeah. is a couple days in a row where he made a play, and then uh, Allen back to Sherfield again. So everybody was sprinkled in on that drive. I didn't. I think I, th I saw Shakir out there for maybe one or two plays. He didn't get a target on the drive, but – you know, if I was before the pads come on, I'd probably put Hardy in the driver's seat for that competition. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But just like I said with these other competitions, the pads are going to really determine uh, the winners of these competitions, the winners of these jobs. So I think that at the end of the day, right now, Hardy's in the driver's seat, but it's it's still anyone's game. Uh, super chat here from Goose. Uh, I don't know if that's our buddy Goose over on Twitter, but if it is, shout out to you, man. Thanks for the super chat. It is a uh, little update today. Uh, the Bills sent out a text right before practice, and it's something that I think wasn't very surprising only mm -hmm. because Cam Dantzler has been this like real mercurial dude, like going back to the spring. Like there was a couple days we talked about it during those shows where it was like, he wasn't even out there. Like I didn't even see him out there during attendance. Yeah. And so he's out there the first day. He practices. I didn't really notice him. Then yesterday, he's off to the side. He doesn't practice today. He's cut, and uh, they bring in a cornerback, Kyron Brown, who did practice today. Um, don't know much about him. We'll kind of look into that uh, as we go here. But this is a guy that some people were so excited about, us two to a degree. Yeah. Like we talked about maybe that adding to the competition there and maybe being like, you know, getting you a place where you'd be comfortable moving on from a Dane Jackson uh, if that were to be the case. I don't think that's going to happen now. But Dantzler, former third-round pick, he just he can't hang, and that they came to an agreement, waived, injured. Yeah, uh, availability is so important in today's game, especially when you're a free agent joining a new team, and you didn't see him in the spring. You didn't see him here early on at training camp. The running was kind of on the wall uh, in terms of being able to uh, know what was going to happen with his game. If he's not out there on the field, how do you expect him to be in the mix for those depth jobs? Even on the back end, when you have your Cam Lewis's who are out there practicing every day, your Jamarcus Ingram's and others. Uh, so the, the fact that he just couldn't stay healthy, couldn't get on this field, I think was a real problem for him. Um, our friend Catherine Fitzgerald from the Buffalo yeah. News tweeted. Did you see this? I didn't see it. No. She said, uh, she's here to tell everybody that my unhinged moment of the day was that I thought it was called Mr. Pittsburgh Dairy. She got it wrong. I know. I think I said I thought it was called Mr. or Miss pittsburgh dairy i don't know why i thought that <laughs> like i always call it pittsburgh dairy but i i don't know for some reason i thought that was like the full name right i don't know if i saw it on a sign at one point but i don't think that was very unhinged like i think that was perfectly hinged you, you just had the name wrong you just threw a mr or a mrs in front of it and you thought that was the full name for whatever reason and you know i thought it, it I th happens i thought it was a lovely gentleman or lovely woman that started this wonderful Pittsburgh dairy which we haven't even been to yet i know i think we got to hit it maybe sunday i think it's a good plan okay um we got to get wrapped up here uh let's let's hit a couple quick yeah. fire questions from the chat and, yeah, absolutely. and then we'll wrap up all right we already talked a little bit about specter dodson and bernard uh how is hamlin looking we really haven't noticed hamlin right. these first few days we're gonna um, look for specifically yes. for him once the pads go on so stay tuned for that sunday we will have a demar hamlin update morris versus sternberger who do you have as the favorite for tight end three Man, I really like some of the things that I've seen for Stern, from Sternberger, but Quentin Morris is so consistent. The guy is like, he's always got a smile on his face too. And like, I think the vibe you bring 
to the room counts in, a, sure. in, in this kind of competition. Um, Sternberger, I think it's going to come down to the games and like how quickly can he download this offense, yeah. which is very complicated. Yeah, both guys have made some plays here early on at camp, though, so it's been a good battle. Uh, early opinions on Trey White is in terms of looking like his former self. I think he's had a strong camp so far. In great spirits. I just r- walked into him on the yeah. way over to – the lunch and he was uh joking around smiling in great spirits and brandon bean had mentioned that that like trey white's in a great headspace to me that is what you have to be in at cornerback like you're gonna make mistakes like it's the hardest position outside of quarterback probably to play in the nfl so if if you come in with a positive mindset knowing that really the hard part of his of his like journey back happened last year i think they're in a good spot for him and i you know also just hearing guys like benford and kyer elam talk about what he means in the room that's big time, too. Yeah, Trey White uh, during stretches today. The music was playing. He was dancing to it. He was just in, like you said, good spirits. One-on-ones, Gabe Davis beat him on one play. Uh, he showed, you know, not like outward frustration, but he, like, I, he felt like he could have uh, played a little bit better. Next time they were in coverage, he won the rep. So uh, some good battles there for him early on One as thing well. real quick, Jake Hansen asked, how did Elam do working with the ones today? It was a little bit disjointed yeah. because he was with the ones – but like it didn't feel like he was with the ones a ton when it mattered. Like he was in during the the half speed period early. Then it was uh, I think Dane and Christian Benfer. Then it was Trey and Dane, and then Elam was in for a little bit. No big time plays, and I just thought it was like for as much as they've given Benford or uh, Bernard, Balen Specter, and Dots in their own day, it's felt like for Benford and El- Elam they've just had to get like sprinkled in here and there, and it's mostly been Dane Jackson. Yeah, there was one play in those half speeds, too, where he was up against Stefan Diggs, and there was a clear jersey pull. I think it would have been flagged in a game. The, the ball went out of bounds, um, so maybe they could have said uncatchable, but it definitely was still tugging on that jersey a little bit. Uh, question about Latavius Murray. You know, the, the backs really haven't been that much to talk about yet. They're not in the pads. Uh, Murray we'll can a, catch the ball a little yeah. bit, but James Cook has been featured, you know, yeah. rightfully so. Harris had a really good catch today. Uh, I thought that he had a really good catch. I can't remember if it was in one-on-ones or if it was from Josh Allen. Um, they ran a lot of plays. I felt like they met, they ran more plays today than they had the first two days. And, again, I think ramping them up for what's coming on Sunday. Yep. Uh, do you think Osiris Torrance will win the right guard battle? Maybe just talk more about his day today. Yeah, Torrance was good again today, man. I don't want to be too repetitive without and talk too much about this before the pads come on. Right. And that's why we're kind of like, all right, if this happens on – you know, Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about this, but I thought Torrance was good again today. He had a good rep. He completely shut down. I didn't mention this a minute ago, completely shut down DJ Dale in one-on-ones mm-hmm. in his one rep, which I, I thought was, you know, UDFA guy, but still a guy that, you know, from Alabama that yeah. is, is fighting for a roster spot uh, was a good rep for him. And how about on offense and defense? Who do you, who has been the most impressive at camp for you? Three days, only three days through. On both sides of the ball? Yeah, both sides of the ball. Wow. Well, why don't you start with who stood out the most to you today? I'm going to go with, again, this is just based on the fact that there wasn't a lot of the 11-on-11 stuff. There was only so much of it. I was very impressed with Trent Shurfield today um, battling for a a role on this offense. I thought he had a really nice day. Uh, Defensively, I I liked – Gosh, there's a lot of different ways to go with this. I, I like Balen Spector's day. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy that uh, we thought it was maybe a two-man race. He gets this opportunity today, and he looked the part. He played the part. He received a lot of praise from his teammates post-practice. There's a lot of good things based on his performance today. 
I thought it's probably for me, it's a toss up between Ed Oliver, who I think has been the most consistently sure. like um, good player and Torrance, who is just holding his own and really just doing everything that they are asking him to do. Um, I'd probably like, you know, narrow it down to those two guys. Another little tidbit that I'm going to throw in here at the end, David Edwards got at least one snap with the first team today at right guard, yeah. which I think is something worthwhile. to mention. Trying to work him in a little bit, obviously has that knowledge of Aaron Cromer's. Right oh man, I don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> I got like a little twinge in my oh, elbow geez. or something. Uh, knows Aaron Cromer's uh, offensive scheme in terms of the techniques and everything else. So good to see him get an opportunity out there. Pete on YouTube is asking about the toilet paper, and he said there's no need for it. Just bring a couple of seashells. I don't have that kind of skill, man. Uh-uh. I'm not a scoop and score kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, Bill's mom. That's all right. You don't have to say anything. I will close this show by telling you that you can hear more from Ryan and myself if you sign up to be a Shout Buffalo Bills insider. It is a text group. But it's really like a one-on-one thing. Like mm-hmm. once you sign up for this thing, you're gonna have direct access via text to Ryan and myself. Go to joinsubtext.com backward slash South Buffalo Bills. You can sign up there or just text 716-528-6727. We got more to come from practice today that we will send along to all of you. And then we'll be right back on Sunday with more observations. He's going to be back. This beautiful face. Right. He's back roaming the sideline. Can't wait. If you see us on the sideline too, by the way, shout, at us, shout us out. We said hi to a couple people today. Signed somebody, an autograph. Somebody even asked for your autograph. Yeah. Um, I told him he asked for mine too. And I said, that's not worth any money. Well, it was, I said that, that what we signed went down in value. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But we love uh, interacting with everybody. Thank you so much for your support. We are cruising on the text line and it's only going to get bigger and better as we go. For Ryan, I'm Matt. We'll see you on Sunday. Enjoy your week. Take care, everybody.